Chapter 8. Just one more class to get through, and then I could eat something before I keeled over. But it wasn't just any class. It was Intermediate Theater Workshop. And today, we were all expected to put on a short display of our talent, or show-and-tell, as our teacher, Mrs. Waked, called it. ITW was held in the prop room. I liked seeing all the past costumes and backdrops Coleco students had used in their performances. It made you feel like you were part of something bigger. A lot of props had been donated to Coleco by Mrs. Waked. Waked. She had collected a lifetime's worth of them from the movies, TV series, and commercials she'd been in. Scattered on shelves hanging from coat racks or resting in boxes and trunks, you could find wigs and hats, scarves and boas, and sunglasses, crutches and umbrellas, and a half dozen trench coats. Lift a lid and you might find a talking toy parrot, a barking robot dachshund, and a sock puppet butler that Mr. Waked had voiced in six different Super Bowl ads. A bunch of as-seen-on-TV products whose use no one could identify sat around like weird alien artifacts daring someone to experiment with them. Makeup kits bigger than tool chests overflowed with all the fake noses, ears, teeth, and facial hair a middle school acting class could want. It was BYO spirit gum, though. That stuff is expensive. As I walked through the room, finally, a few minutes early to class, a bunch of students stood off by themselves practicing for the show and tell we'd all be a part of in a few minutes. It looked like several of them were going to perform monologues, and that meant you didn't want to sit in the front row. These were all serious actors, dedicated to perfect pronunciation and crystal clear enunciation. Every word that began with a P or a T would spray enough spit to put out a forest fire. The singers who do re mi and mi re do down again, and the musicians, saxophone, electric guitar, harmonica, a row of wine glasses, harp, practiced the toughest licks in their songs. Dancers rehearsed their moves deliberately over and over, and it made me kind of wish that I had that they always danced in slow motion. One girl had a puppet who apparently thought she was the stupidest person in the world. Adam Hogue wore a beret. That's how you knew he was a director, and sat watching his laptop screen while nervously going over the intro notes for his short film. Wydeline Henry Saint, on the other hand, was the opposite of nervous. She ran through a kata with a bow staff, looking intense and very well-trained and very Darth Molly. She was going to be tough competition, but I would beat her. As good as her kata was, I it wasn't magic. I'd had a chance to stop by my locker before class to grab the props I needed for my act. Six pairs of handcuffs in all different colors. Unfortunately, I'd been so excited about performing that I'd forgotten to grab my lunch, too, which wasn't a smart move for someone with a useless pancreas. I'd been practicing a handcuff routine since I'd started my career as an illusionist, and at this point, I had it down to a science. I was going to blow some minds today, and there was one mind I couldn't wait to explode into itty-bitty pieces. Gabby Rial's. She hadn't made it to class yet. I admit that I wanted to catch a glimpse of her act before the period started, but I had a feeling that as good as Kata Girl's routine was, Gabby was my true rival, but there was no sign of her. At the front of the room, Mrs. Waked, <laughs> wearing a black velvet dress and a bustle that gave her a bumblebee butt, was arranging folding chairs in rows close to the stage. There were no desks in the intermediate 
intermediate theater workshop, just folding chairs. No taking notes in this class, Mrs. Wigg told us on the first day, an actor memorizes. She italicized words all the time when she talked. You could hear it. Want some help, Mrs. Wigg, I asked. You say her name, Walked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had emphasized both syllables in her name when I said it, and she noticed. Of course, she said, kind kind of laughing and kind of suspicious. What a nice young man. I worked for 10 seconds setting up chairs before I said, you let us mispronounce your name the whole first class. Miss, everyone was calling you Mrs. Waked, Mrs. Wacked. She just kept on setting up chairs, but her face had like six layers of smiles. Why? I pressed. She set the last chair in place and looked at me straight on. When I corrected you children on day two, it was waked you all up now, didn't it? It waked you all up now, didn't it? I laughed. I guess it had. Class starts in one minute, she announced to everyone. Please, please to be finding your seats, pupils. Mrs. Walkett, may I go first today? I asked. I like to be the opening act of a show. Well, far be it from me, from me to curtail your enthusiasm, but I was hoping you'd go last, Sal. Why? She got close to me, squatted a little, and pulled up the sleeves in her of her black velvet dress. Nothing in her hand, nothing in her right hand, and then plop, a huge egg fell out of her dress and hit the floor like a cannonball. She trapped it between her boots before it rolled away, then scooped it up and handed it to me. I wanted to save the best for last. I adore magic. The egg was solid and heavy as all get out. How in the name of pants had she been able to set up the chairs with this huge, heavy egg under her dress the whole time? And had she hidden the egg there just waiting for me to ask her the right question? It was a great trick, and I told her so. That's nothing. You will do better, she replied. And on cue, the bell for class sounded. Also on cue, Gabby entered the room. She was rolling a computer and a projector on a stand. Chief custodian Mr. Milagros followed her in. He was pushing a hospital gurney that held a weird-looking helmet resting on a, on the pillow. I'm not late, am I? asked Gabby. Right on time, milady, Mrs. Wackett, said Mrs. Wackett. Hola, Mr. Milagros. Bueno, he said. Gabby jogged her computer and projector up the ramp stage, left, and parked it there. Mr. Milagros rolled the gurney up stage center so it wouldn't be in the way of performers who went before Gabby. Now, find seats, everyone. Hurry, hurry. Mrs. Walkett said, this is my favorite class of the whole year. Show and tell. On the first day of class, Mrs. Walkett had told us, all of you are geniuses. Coleco only admits the best. Therefore, as your teacher, I have three jobs. One, to help you do your best work. Two, to help you do your best work more often. Three, to get out of the way while you do your best work. Three is my favorite because it's like I am getting paid to sit around and watch great artists perform. It is the epitome of decadence and laziness. You will help me be lazy, won't you, dear children? We promised we would, and today we were proving it. The musicians rocked. I mean, they absolutely shredded. And if you've never seen someone shred on the xylophone kid, you're missing out. The tragic soliloquies made it hard to breathe. On the lighter side, the funny acts cracked us up, especially the ventriloquist girl. That puppet had me believing she really was stupid. Wideline's bow staff routine was even better than the preview I'd seen. I seriously didn't know you could move a bow staff all around your body like that fast. 
She was better than Darth Maul. She was like Darth Blender. Every time she yelled, Kiai, everybody in the audience slid back in their chairs an inch. For her big finish, she did a 720 in the air and broke her stick over her knee. I think the whole class passed out for three seconds after that. Everyone, Once everyone recovered, Wydalene got a standing O. She was definitely going to be tough to beat. Even Beret Boy was better than I thought he'd be. He still he was still nervous when he got in front of the class, so I wasn't expecting much. As an introduction to my work, he said, futzing with his laptop and the projector he was connect he, he connected he was connecting to it. I'm showing you today the trailer for a feature length documentary slash philosophical meditation on a topic that has defined me. It's called Splitting the Atom. It's about my relationship to wedgies. I had never seen so many wedges, wedgies in a row. How he'd captured them on film was beyond me. Frame after frame showed poor Adam getting every single kind of underwear torture that evil school children had ever invented. All your old favorites were there. The Atomic, the Melvin, the Forklift, the Hammer Throw, and the Old Glory, which left Adam hanging by his undies on the school flagpole as the camera sadly panned away. But the trailer also featured a few I'd never heard of. The Perseus, where the bully rips the underwear all the way off and holds up the ripped briefs like the head of Medusa. The tidy whitey crotch canoe, where two people work together to wedgie and Melvin you at the same time. Can I get an ouch from the audience? And in the name of all that is holy, why? The double dutch, where the two people crotch canoeing you swing your underwear like a jump rope and take you on a magic wedgie ride. I think the whole class clenched their butt cheeks through the entire trailer, but we all knew quality when we saw it. Applause was muted, but sincere. Two performances to go, me and the person who was going before me, Gabby. As Gabby ran up to the stage, I noticed that she had changed t-shirts for her performance. This one was forest green, and the quote on it read, There is no God higher than truth, Mahatma Gandhi. She changed her barrettes, too. Instead of Shaolin monks, her head was now filled with what looked like huge eyeballs instead of inside magnifying glasses. Unlike Adam, Gabby stood at the lip of the stage like someone who'd never had stage fright in her entire life. Hi, everyone, she began cheerily. We've seen some terrific performances today, haven't we? The crowd whooped and cheered. Clearly, Gabby had a lot of friends in the audience. That shouldn't have surprised me. Obviously, she'd had enough friends to get elected student council president. But I admit, I was caught a little off guard. Music, theater, dance, she went on, and every single one, a great work of art. But I am here to switch things up a little. Instead of performing a work of art, I am going to demonstrate a work of cutting-edge science. Gabby signaled Mrs. Wicked, Wacked, dang it, who did something on her phone. Music started. The kind of happy, silly, spanky pop you'd expect to hear at the beginning of a cartoon for six-year-olds. Gabby jogged over to the cart with the projector and computer, rolled it down stage center, plugged it in, and fired up both machines. The same big blank wall on which we'd cringed through splitting the atom now showed what kind of looked like a live heart monitor at the hospital. You know, a black background with a green blippy dot that jumps every time you your heart beats. Only the green dot wasn't blipping at all right now. It was just hanging out in the center of the screen while at the bottom, a digital readout of the current time scrolled by. At the top of the screen, in blocky capital letters, were the words lie detector. Just below the title were the words true and pants on fire. 
Each word had an empty black box next to it. Gabby went upstage to grab the gurney and drag it over to downstage left. Once she'd set its break, she faced her audience again and, smiley, smiling saber-toothily, said, Until recently, lie detectors were pretty terrible. Polygraph tests were so unreliable, they were almost never usable as evidence in a court of law. The problem was that old polygraphs measured things like your heart rate and how sweaty you got. But a lot of people can lie without breaking a sweat. To make lie detector detection actually work, you have to go to the source of where lies come from, the brain. Gabby picked up the weird helmet sitting on the gurney's pillow and slipped it over her head. It must have been wirelessly connected to the computer because the green dot on the wall jumped up and down, leaving a trail of glowing scribbles behind it. When you're telling the truth, you're using the, your memory, and this helmet knows it. For example, I had cereal and milk for breakfast today. Next to the word true on the screen, a green checkmark filled the box, and a ding dinged. Gabby strolled the stage with her hands behind her back. If, on the other hand, you decide to lie, you have to use your imagination, and this helmet can detect that you're using the creative parts of your brain. For instance, I had hippopotamus burgers for breakfast. The next, next to the words pants on fire, the the box filled with a red X and a buzzer went flat. Gabby sat down on the stage, took off the helmet, and let her feet dangle off the edge. We're all here to study acting. If you want to be a great actor, you have to convince the audience that you're telling the truth. So my question to you, fellow classmates, is this. Can you defeat a lie detector that can read your mind? She shot to her feet and bent toward us, leering. I will need a volunteer. Wah-ha-ha. So guess how many people volunteered to have Gabby read their brains and expose their lies to the whole world? The answer is, you're not going to believe this. Everybody. Well, everybody but me. I mean, kids were waving their hands in the air, jumping out of their seats, yelling, pick me, pick me, while I sat on my hands. Everyone else in class was dying to have Gabby lie detect them. Even Mrs. Walkett had her hand up. But Gabby's eyes were locked on just one person. Salvador Vidon, thanks so much for volunteering. Let's give him a round of applause, folks.